Welcome to the NLPCourses.com show, where we push past the hype and pull back the velvet curtains of creating a successful life with NLP. Diving into physiology, neuroscience, and linguistics so that NLP becomes a practical tool at home and in your career, moving beyond the techniques so that you can make a name, make money, or make a difference. Tune in weekly if you care more than others think wise as we set out on our quest to uncover the secrets of successful people from all walks of life. Make sure you head over to nlpcourses.com to subscribe to receive our newsletter and receive free transcripts of each show. Here's your host, NLP Master Trainer, John Cassidy Rice. Hello and welcome to this week's podcast. My name is John Cassidy Rice and I have the pleasure to be your host. This week we have the opportunity to hear part two of Dave Marshall talking about his journey within NLP. So, without further ado, over to Dave. So, I had got my practitioner certificate and I was running personal development courses, one of which was called Creative Thinking. This was about ways to improve your creativity. Thinking outside of the box, as it used to be called. So I started to slip bits of NLP into that particular course. The results from Alphabet Edit were amazing. Now, of course, we didn't do it on life-changing events, but just niggly little things, like one woman knew she had to tidy up her flat. And having done the alphabet edit, she suddenly smelt furniture polish, much to her amazement. And so life progressed along, And then I was invited to go and run some sessions for the Open University on a topic called creative management. Well, this was an amazing experience. We ran two sessions of two and a half days each. The first session started off with what was called the cattle market. Um, In the evening, prior to the first day, the students would come and it was like a market because you had a stall and you set out what you had to sell. Well, I had a sign which said, In big coloured letters, don't attend this class unless you really want to change your life. And the interest was amazing. And so I had about, I don't know, 60 people want to attend. This was quickly reduced down to 30 or 40 no, it ended up with about 20, actually. And um, we had a wonderful two and a half days. This was immediately followed 
by the second set of two and a half days. And this set was severely oversubscribed. Anyway, some people decided to go on an activity afternoon which involved abseiling, and a couple of them did the alphabet edit on abseiling <laughs> and were amazed to find that the fears of jumping off a railway viaduct attached by a light piece of rope were actually replaced by exhilaration. And that took us to the end of the 80s and 90s. So I had been practising NLP skills in my training courses and people were being sent to me who had niggly problems. The word had got about that I, I was able to solve some things that people found they weren't able to do. Like one guy, a Cambridge maths graduate, honours degree, he kept arguing with customers and he was stuck in the Cambridge University debating mode. So I had a chat with him and we did a swish and he was transformed. Another guy confessed that he had to do boring presentations to his clients about the product that he was selling. And he said it was the most boring product and he couldn't see any way of lightening up the presentations that he gave. So I thought this was a good case for Alphabet Edit. So I asked him to make an image of what he would call a lively, excellent presentation. And he thought of a sparkler. You know, that kiddies firework that we all used to love and wave around in the air that sparkled and sparkled. So he did the alphabet edit with that sparkler in mind. The following week, he sent me a note saying, he had just given the most scintillating customer presentation he had ever done. Amazing, the power of Alphabet Edit. Another case involved a bit of timeline work. This was a guy who could not do a presentation. Speaking in public was very scary. And so... Another NLP trainer dealt with him while I observed. He was asked when was the first time he ever remembered being frightened at public speaking. And he immediately went back to a time in school when he had to read a poem. And the teacher made him stand on the desk and recite the poem and he couldn't do it so we timelined him back to that event and asked what other things he needed in order to accomplish it 
and he thought for a bit. And then he said, with a smile on his face, Yes, that's it. Again, the following week, I had a note from him saying he had just done a really effective presentation and was so delighted. So that took us up to the early 1990s, 1991. And I was looking to do a master practitioner course, but I wanted an alternative to the six-month slog at weekends. And it just so happened at the time that the exchange rate of the pound against the dollar was very, very good. And I discovered that Tad James was running master practitioner courses in Hawaii. So I did some arithmetic and costed it out. And it actually turned out, because of the exchange rate, to be as economical as adding up all the travel expenses and time involved in carrying out the course in England. So I booked to go to Hawaii. And then another trainer at IBM, he was, he didn't, he worked as a consultant. He was an independent guy. He said he knew about NLP and could he come with me? So we planned it to go together. I identified the flights and he made the bookings. And then we set off. We landed at Honolulu Airport at midnight. We went through passport control with Americans with guns. Got outside to the taxi rank, showed them the hotel headed notepaper and said, could you please take us there? The guy laughed, called his friends around and he said, my taxi doesn't travel over water. He then explained that this was on another island and we had to wait until the next morning to catch a flight to go to the other island. So we learnt that the map is certainly not the territory and we spent the night in a totally dead airport. Not even a vending machine. Nowhere to get anything to eat or drink. Anyway, morning came. And we got on the flight and we went to experience the Master Practitioner Training by Tad James. And that really was impressive. And so began the next phase of the journey. So it was now 1991 and I had completed the Master Practitioner course with Tad James. Also we did timeline therapy training and hyp hypnosis training. And then I re returned to work 
to discover that we had been laid off. Our services were no longer required. So in 1992, we were out in the wide world, footloose and fancy free. So with my boss, who had also been laid off, we formed a partnership whereby he ran the business and I did the training. This worked very well. I started off running practitioner trainings and intros and generally just giving talks to people about NLP and just developed my skills. And then in 1992, I went again to Hawaii and then on to the trainer training in Toronto, Canada. It was my birthday when I was actually awarded the trainer's certificate. And to have a room full of a hundred or so people suddenly sing happy birthday as I went up to collect the certificate was a momentous occasion. I didn't know how they knew. So, I went back to Hawaii in 93, just as an observer. And there, I was sitting next to Wyatt Woodsmall, when he said, how about having a day off tomorrow and we'll go and tour the island, go and see the volcano and so on. So I said, well, yeah, all right then. And uh, as we were driving around the island, he said, uh, I'm starting a new association. It's going to be for NLP trainers only. And it starts with an inaugural training event in Munich next year. And I want you to be there. Oh, Goodness me, I thought. That sounded like a command. Not even embedded. So the next move was to go along to the Munich training in 1994. I assisted on this training and had to give a presentation one evening on some original aspect of NLP, which I did. And Inelpta was inaugurated, formed, kicked off, and I came back to the UK with a master trainer certificate signed by Wyatt Woodsmall, Bert Foistel and Marvin Oka. And then Inelpta started from humble beginnings. Then our company, which was training in NLP and other allied areas, progressed 
and due to personal circumstances slowed down. And after five years, I decided it was time to retire. And having had many interesting experiences along the way, I moved to Spain. And I now live halfway up a Spanish mountain in a wonderful location full of peace and tranquility. And that's how I became an NLP trainer. Thank you for listening. Goodbye for now. Thank you for tuning in. You were just listening to NLPcourses.com podcast show. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and make sure to head over to nlpcourses.com to subscribe to our newsletter where we keep you updated with in-depth NLP topics. Subscribe and stay tuned for upcoming episodes on neuro linguistics, programming, and beyond.